life? Hello. How do? How do? Say your calling card, Zach. Yeah, I've never explained it, but my grandpa, all the way growing up, every time the phone rang, when he'd answer, how do? Every time, no matter life? what it was. So I just always think of that. What is it short for? How you doing? Is my guess. I never asked him. Well, now now we know. Now we know. Yep. Jared, how you doing today? Wonderful. Um, before we walked up here, you got a little advice for the evening. Uh, we're we're all clearing our throats off the mic today. I'm not clearing mic. my throat. <laughs> I'm hard headed. Tail the tape. We'll see how that goes. Um, we're back. Another episode. I'm the- just glad you picked. A really non-controversial artist to start the show with. I, you know, just to uh, set the tone for what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> oh, I it's got not, it's not Israel and Hamas, by the way. It's, I got I got more I got more music coming later for our <laughs> guest. You do? Yeah, I got a couple ideas in my head. I'm going to feel it out here whenever he dials in. Old tech He's going to be jumping up here in a second with us. Uh, we are at 101, episode number 101 kind of surreal you know last episode 100 just the three of us kind of getting back to the roots so to speak um you know we were given uh we talked a little bit about the local high school scene we're in the playoff we're uh semifinals are coming up this weekend we talked a little bit ncaa the selection was done game started today um we talked a little bit about MLS playoffs. I mean, we were all over the board. We talked about uh, Chili Dog Cologne, uh, which apparently made my wife laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, and in, in case you're wondering, no, it is not appropriate on a plane. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, uh, who says your wife? Says civil society. No, no, wrong. Um, wrong. <laughs> uh, bullshit. You, um, you dumb. Yeah. Um, so today we got a guest. We're going to be talking inevitably about our beloved rivalry, uh, one that I don't, you know, I don't know who was prepared for it, but I sure as hell enjoy it. I'm not in love with it right now. I'm, I'm doubling down on it, man. All right, I'm, it's all good. Uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Still um, got a chip in a chair. That's right. Um, Want to give a little shout out, thanks to Zach's Hermano, yep. his brother. Yeah, thanks to Ty and Katie for hosting us here again here at the uh, Philip Schneider House in Soulard. I didn't know you know Spanish. See, si. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, this Airbnb it's a three stories plus coach house of debauchery, uh, tasteful debauchery. Yeah, and yeah. This place is hitting. It's it's amazing. Check it out on Airbnb. Go to their Instagram page and um, the underscore ps underscore house. Uh, thanks again, Ty and Katie. Yeah, appreciate it. Another one, another uh, thank you. Um, Want to bring up a new uh, partnership that we're going to be digging deeper and deeper into as the fall, winter months come along, and that is with our friends over at the Ambush. <clears throat> they are uh, kicking off. They're they're having uh, meet and greets at Toscano's. They they're having some uh, shirt signings. The first game is the Friday. After um, Thanksgiving, the, the first, right? Yes, 
Um, so they've got a ton of packages for families, ticket packages, great deals. Get out there. Check it out. Super high paced. Uh, if you're one of those whiner moaners of eat soccer, zero, zero, nobody scores, go watch indoor and drink beer and support another St. Louis soccer institution. What uh, do we get out of this? Oh, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm like a... Well, just so you know, I offered you up. You did? I did. So the halftime uh, butts up ch- challenge. Okay. Uh, the official target is you. Good. I did so, say Philip Schneider House, right? I don't know. I think you said underscore underscore ps underscore something. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you said. I mean, it was people are probably trying to Google it right now, or mm-hmm. slow down to point five on the uh, play speed. What did he say? Uh, like, Instagram. What, what's the Instagram <laughs> handle? Just go there. The underscore ps underscore house. Told you. Easy. Yeah, check. Just go there. All the links will take you through. Uh, but Shelly and team over there at Ambush, uh, we've got some things coming up. We're going to work with them. Support them. Go out. Check it out. Take the kids. Drink some beers. Like I said, go watch some soccer. Uh, and then, of course, thepinnacleloans.com. Chris and Bill and team over there. Uh, they got to be loving. They got to be loving life a little bit right now. This past week, numbers look good. Markets moving in the right direction. Fed saying, nah, we don't see a recession. Well, and, and consumer prices have gone down, too. Everything's gone down. Yeah. Does, uh, I mean, okay, but does Jerome, Jerome Powell, he changes opinions like underwear. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. If you, if you actually listen to what he says, he says it, <laughs> makes a decision, and then three months later says, I told you so. And then three months later says again, I told you so. The dude's gotten it right every time. Yeah, but, you know, it's like it or not, they're accurate. Um, but anyway, point being, uh, rates are coming down. There's still a shortage of houses. You need a team to make it easy. Chris and Bill, they've they've got a little network for you. Hit them up. Get that bigger house because your kids are annoying you. Too close. Need a little space. Time for a change. Which brings us to the... We, we need like some... Kind we need cool. some music. Wah, 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 wah. Like yeah, like sound. some sound. Let me see yeah. here. Right? You know what? Oh, boy. Shoot, yes. Oh, they're just flying. You brought it oh, up. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me see. Do we have them? Oh, we do. Here we go. Oh, uh, coming up next, we have the... Uh, let's try this one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pinnacle points of the day. Wow. <laughs> we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll do that better next time. Uh, pinnacle points of the day. A lot, lot of shit going on. Who wants to go first? I, this is a, a, a very random thing, but today on a virtual call with one of my partners at my lovely work, referred to me as Josh twice. Josh? Called me Josh twice. My name is clearly written on the screen. This guy's known me for years. <laughs> call me Josh. Well, at least he didn't call you Jock, you know, with the Agreed. K like Kelly. But Zach here's the weird the thing. <laughs> here's what's weird. It's been about two or maybe three years since somebody has done that. But 46 different people have called me Josh. How do you lifetime. have that count? After 10, I started counting. What? Yes. Like, it's started weird. in high school. I swear to God. That is bizarre. I swear. What's the value of counting that? Like, what do I you, don't. It's just a bizarre. I think that's thing. Up. I, you sure? I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I would make that up. <laughs> what? 
but it's true. So what's your point? It's just a weird phenomenon that I... That people don't call you by the right name? Correct. But it's always Josh. It's not like sometimes it's Josh, sometimes it's Mike, sometimes it's Tim. It's always Josh. Do you think that you look like a Josh? I don't know. I don't. I know a lot of Joshes. I don't look like any of the ones that I know, but I, it's just a bizarre thing. Yeah, that is a um, a different point um, but it from you, happened, my friend. It Josh. hadn't happened in a while. If I, if I were to call you by name arbitrarily based on what you look, I, I would probably say Kyle. Kyle, I would call you a Kyle. I don't Interesting. Know. Okay, just comes. It's a gut reaction. I'm afraid to ask Jared. Oh man, no, just, no, I'm not moving on. Yeah, All right, moving on. So my, yeah, yeah. So so my <laughs> bizarre pinnacle point. I'm gonna do another one. That's kind of bizarre. Pinnacle point two of the day. Dose. Uh, I got a kick out of this when I read this today. This comes from Snoop Dogg's Instagram. Oh, I read that. Today. <laughs> After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. Uh, yours truly, Mr. Snoop Dogg. Okay, so let's create a parallel world. <laughs> like, hold on. If, hold, wait, 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 wait. If Snoop is giving up smoke. Is peanut butter giving up jelly? Uh, it, it, uh, I mean, I'm kind of, I didn't see that. And I'm completely, f my brain is fumbling right now. <laughs> like, are fries giving up ketchup? Like, like I don't was understand that, Was that it. the extent? That was yeah, it? That was, was, it was a picture of him. Sad, then, was he sad? <laughs> he looked sad. And stoned. <laughs> and, and, maybe that. and then it was just like a meme style, like with the, the, the words on the Now, the in right super side. small print, did it say... After I'm done smoking my current supply, and oh no. by the way, I own a jump truck cannabis company. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> no, I, it, I, was, it was it was. I mean, I I, I have to think it's uh, one of two things: health issues um, or legal issues, which I don't think it's the latter. So I mean, I'm not gonna good for him if it's if it's a a way for him to. Uh, be a better person I, I you know but like it's just when you think of snoop dog what do you think of well yeah it's part of his brand i mean chronic is kind of yeah i just i just it was the most interesting thing that i read on social media it today wasn't easy it, maybe to i'm make a the turd because that was the no, most no, interesting no, no. thing i read i i found it also interesting uh but you know that's the tough thing to if we'll if, if you had to give up the one thing that defined you if you had to to Describe the thing that defines yourself, and you had to give it up. What would you be giving up? Like, I guess I could no longer be gorgeous. Contrarianism. I don't <laughs> How know. do you give up neurosis? <laughs> I'm going to toss neurosis out the window today. <laughs> How do I be not narcissistic? <laughs> Wait a second, my asshole is connected. <laughs> Come on, guys. No, I I don't know. What would you give up? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what my... Well, what? let's stick to the vices. Okay, could you theoretically, Jared, could you give up uh, beer? That'd be hard. What, what would it take to push you over the edge to where you you would make the decision on your own? Probably a real diagnosed health issue and doctor would have to tell me quit um, with, with my family in mind hmm. um, and maybe a, a, a longer quality of life. I mean, that would be the only reason for me. Hmm. Carbs. Yeah, I, I was going to say something food-wise food, food wise because um, I've given up alcohol for over 40 days at a, at a clip and it didn't bother me. You know what? I was thinking but, about that the other day. 
What was your longest run, Jared, of sobriety? Since, let's see, for you, uh, 13. From when I was born to about 13. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, uh, I've probably had a we? month or two, probably. Month? Really? Yeah, probably. I haven't. I'd, mine would definitely be in the week to two week <clears throat> time frame. Probably included about a severe illness as well. So Yeah, mine was just, we. Mandy and I decided to try it. We're not particularly religious, but we did it over Lent, and mm. both of us went 40 days, and then it was actually not that big of a deal. See, I tend to, on the Lent thing, do something extra for somebody. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> I, I, I want statements, written statements, yeah. to prove that. Uh, so my pinnacle point of the day is... Um, I'm going to go back to college soccer a little bit because this whole subject of uh, international players is just really, really oh, percolating. It's up. Yep. Um, because I think people are that the college soccer truth page and a few others are really uh, illustrating and, and, and distributing the statistics as it applies to, you know, these, these uh, le- legacy names, so to speak, and some of the new powerhouses within D1 in particular. But I mean, this has been an issue at, the junior college level in in AIA for a long, long time. But um, it just seems as if it's picking up momentum at a pace that we haven't seen before. Um, So my question to you guys is, and I I don't really have a point, I just really kind of want to create the conversation. Do you think that the NCAA needs to get ahead of this thing, or do they believe it's going to pass? I'm going to go with what Zach has said since day one. I think they need to outline some rules, uh, maybe fair or not fair, but just have some sort of limitation on it, I think would make the most sense moving forward if we're talking from the NCAA's shoes. They're not going to do anything drastic. In their eyes, they're not going to fix anything that's not broke. Um, These are strictly opinions, and I also think that a lot of people's opinions, I, I, I don't know why people are so upset about it. Well, I, I think there's a couple of things. One, I agree, obviously, that the NCAA should come out. The big issue right now is that people have access to statistics. So these are coming out more frequently than in the past. So that's a major, major factor that hasn't been there in the past. So there was not a real clear way to understand. Now that there's postings out there with tables of percentages, it's like, holy shit, Missouri State at 100%? Playing time. Playing time for international until the playoffs. Yep. So I think it's going to continue to grow as a frustration, as a xenophobic topic, as whatever you might want to call it. I think the NCAA does need to get in front of it. It's not the same thing in in football or basketball or it's coming. It's actually happening in basketball faster than it is in football. Yeah. But it's still an issue. Yeah. If I I were to do anything and then we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break here and welcome our guest on. I would say the simplest place to start, let's start with an age an age parameter. Yeah. Because not only are you seeing, obviously, just the, the demographic of foreign players accelerating in a high clip, but you're really seeing the age. The you're talking age two, three, four, five years. years. Yeah. De- Devin Kerr on our show said that Marshall's starting right back is a 22-year-old freshman international. Correct. Four years older than most. So American-born. So there you go, pinnacle points of the day. Um, we are we're kind of rolling through those. 
It's kind of easy. You know what? I It's probably one of my favorite parts of the show. I just I want like to say it. that. I, I, I have a couple more, but I'm going to save them and wrap them into a context that fits our guest. Got it, got it. Uh, we will be back in just a second. We're down here at... The Philip Schneider House in Soulard. The Philip Schneider House in Soulard. Got it. Uh, we are going to uh, intro our guest after the break here, and we're going to talk a little bit about cross-state rivalries. Love it. You guys down for it? Oh, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. There's a war going on outside. No man is safe from. You could run, but you can't hide forever from me. Hey everyone, buying a home, it's kind of a big deal. Never has there been more competition to buy, so few homes to choose from, all made worse by an uncertain interest rate landscape. Now that you're short a bedroom for the third kid, you're in the wrong school district, and a walkable corner pub isn't nearly close enough, it's time to reach out to the Pinnacle Loan Team for help. They work with a network of agents that have their feet on the ground across the whole region and have a number of loan products that are cost-effective with a process that is simple. Basically, they've got you covered from start to finish. So when it's time to buy, visit thepinnacleloans.com. That's thepinnacleloans.com, simply the best in home loans. I'm Max and I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline, or playing Xbox, with permission of course, I listen to the Baked In Podcast with Josh Allen. Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you are interested in the secret sauce of success, check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. Hey, people. We're back. Go ahead, Zach. Do it. How do you? Hey, did, I got to ask. Yeah. Did you correct dude for calling you Josh, or did you just roll with it? I, well, it's funny because, I, as I mentioned, I've been called that so many times. The first time he said it, I, it just rolled right off of me. I didn't make any reaction. didn't even think about it. And then he did it again, and I was like, oh, hold on, because he asked me a favor. He's like, hey, can you do this? And I said, if you quit calling me Josh... I'll do what you ask. He's like, well, what are you talking about, <laughs> He's Josh? Like, oh, my God. He, like, he realized that he had done it. Yeah. And the other person on the call with okay. me said the same thing. Okay, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I had a couple songs in mind uh, for our guest today. Here we go. Ready? Get it? See what I'm doing here? Mm, not yet. Little Jayhawks. Oh, Jayhawks. Okay. So blue. Do they have more music? people from Kansas City than soccer people? <laughs> Here we're right out of the gate. Just <laughs> firing from the hip. Welcome, right out. Welcome to the <laughs> Soccer Dad Pod, headquartered out of the illustrious STL. Uh, we have with us today a face, a voice, a writer, an advocate. Uh, would you consider yourself a gladiator as well? Just shake your head yes or no for your uh, beloved team. Gladiator. Yeah, I mean, I'll fight for my team. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Chad Smith from Kansas City, uh, writer, KC Soccer Journal, uh, KC Soccer Podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the dude's everywhere. 
Love he is. It. He's got a lot of like ats behind his description. At Sporting KC, at Sporting KC2, at KC Current. I mean, this guy is all soccer KC all day. So, Chad, is it safe to say that you watch a lot of college basketball? <laughs> I actually don't watch hardly any college basketball. Okay. I used to Jayhawks. I'm, I'm a Mizzou guy. So is that a blasphemy uh, in the Kansas City area? I'm not no, sure. No, 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 no. I think, I think Mizzou is kind of it's, the universal. Mizzou is like a western suburb of St. Louis County. Well, but you get equal Kansas City representation and St. Louis representation in Mizzou. It's kind of like Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, it's very much like Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> right sure. in the middle. We can fight over it. Exactly. That's what we should do. Like, we should have like a an official we need to like elevate this rivalry to more of like a crips and bloods thing i don't think we should why um clearly I, defined I, I, should either. <laughs> I mean we, clearly we would be the bloods <laughs> well yeah if we're going colors i guess yeah that makes sense so chad yeah, I don't know if that light blue would really qualify there right it's a little a little faint we'll take your font we'll take your font as credit uh Hey, Chad, real quick, if you don't mind, uh, why don't you just take uh, take a little bit of time? Um, you know, the, the vast majority of our listeners of the show are fully aware of our uh, love, love affair or lack thereof for <laughs> all things <laughs> Kansas City soccer. Uh, so I'm really glad you decided to join us because I wanted to have some fun with this and uh, pay our respects where owed and take it from there. But um, uh, if you don't mind quick bio to, you know, give, give our listeners an idea of what it is that you do for your, uh, content market for your team, uh, and, uh, within the soccer realm, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm one of the editors at kcsoccerjournal.com. I write about the team. I've been writing for, I'd say about nine years about sporting KC and the other KC teams. Uh, in the last year, I started a podcast for the Glory KC, if y'all are interested. And it's, again, Kansas City focused, so probably not for most of your listeners. <laughs> but uh, I actually co-host that with my wife. So it's kind of a unique format where, you know, you, she gives the casual perspective and I give the hardcore nerdy, like, let me tell you exactly how much targeted allocation money we're going to need to make this transaction happen sort of thing. Uh, so I podcast over there once a week, uh, write probably way too much and just yeah all things KC soccer you you read the bio there and I would say the the funny thing is like you could tell me about something that's going on in European soccer and I'd like have a vague familiarity with like the names of the teams and the biggest players in the world but I could probably tell you like somebody on the U15s for sporting KC because I'm just so in the weeds with that stuff well I mean it makes you know we're kind of probably in the same more in the same boat than not uh, there's, there's a lot of content within our market that is, as you would state in the weeds, uh, we're probably, uh, we're floating at 10,000 feet on both levels though, even within the MLS, as well as obviously European and other soccer, uh, we are more, uh, fans of the game with kids that are playing, you know, at a, at a high level. So we're around it all the time and which is really kind of how this show started. Uh, we, we literally decided how do we you know, not waste these amazing conversations with all the time we spend at practices. Everybody wants to hear what we have to say. Everybody. I mean, yeah. it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so here, a quick question. I want to get a little bit more bio though, though, from me, if you don't mind, just to kind of like give us a frame of reference. You know, you just mentioned that you've been doing this for about 11 years, uh, you know, getting into the weeds of Kansas, uh, sporting KC soccer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, why? You know, what's the background? Were you a player? Were you a fan? What, you know, are you originally from Kansas City? And, you know, what's 
What's the drug within that uh, baby blue market that made you take it this far? Yeah, that's a good question. So I've always loved soccer. I played not not nearly as long as probably most of y'all, but I quit like in middle school, I think. I just, my parents let me play video games instead. And I was like, I can win the World Cup on FIFA. Why do I want to go out there and <laughs> run so much? So uh, running is not my my favorite part, but I definitely, I've, I've been in love with soccer a long time and it's just become so much more accessible probably in the last I don't know, 10, 15 years. We can watch so much more of it on television versus you, know, you grow up watching football and baseball it's also easy to get to but now soccer so you can watch i mean there's games that are so obscure that you can pick up off these channels that i just have or subscriptions that i have it's, it's easy to get into but it's it's the beautiful game right who doesn't love it 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 no commercials that's the selling point i'm always trying to give people i'm like y'all there's no commercials you know how in football is in commercial like every two minutes like it's not like that in soccer you can you can watch the atmosphere at the stadium is very fun you all have an incredible first year that you've pulled off over there in St. Louis. And it looks like a rowdy good time. I actually didn't get across the state at all to go to a road game. I went to several road games, but not the one that was the closest to me. Not the one but that yeah, mattered. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if I was going to make it to one, I'm glad I didn't go to any of those regular season road games, but the, uh, the playoff one might've been nice. Um, so, uh, and now my kid is into it. She's 11 and she plays club soccer. So I'm kind of living vicariously through her, through her. I always joke about her U S women's national team future. I think she knows that that's not probably a reality, but we're having fun with it while she's playing and, you know, not getting too, too crazy about it, but enjoying ourselves. So the transition of just taking kind of the early interest in, you know, um, what, what I will call kind of the FIFA path, because that's pretty common in a lot of the markets and the circles that we, that we hear from and engage that a lot of the individuals that are running podcasts and they're engaging these shows on radio and otherwise, there's a good chunk of them that didn't play much like yourself, like at a, at a higher level, but it really grew up with the game more from a visual standpoint and a gaming standpoint. What ultimately got you into though, uh, kind of embedded with, uh, sporting KC and what, what was the early, uh, intro to the team like, and what were you doing with and or for them? Yeah, that's a good question. So it was kind of hard to watch when I was growing up. So I didn't watch a lot of the Wizards. You were vaguely aware of what was happening. I didn't live in Kansas City. I'm actually from Sedalia, if you all know that area. But oh, yeah. I'm in Kansas City now. Yeah. So the State Fair claimed to, yep. claim to fame, mm -hmm. Missouri State Fair. I was wondering where the y'all was coming from, and now I know. Yeah, well, actually, I actually developed the y'all a couple of years ago for <laughs> inclusivity purposes. Because oh, nice. if you say you guys all the time, you're leaving out half the population. Oh, yeah, okay. So I, I adapted y'all. Right. So, uh, but yeah, um, I actually lived in Arizona for 13 years. So when I got really hardcore about sporting KC, I ironically didn't live in Kansas city, but they would come to preseason out there every year. So when I was starting to do that media stuff, I'd get up close and personal. I'd be the only media person there. So I'm getting one-on-one -on -one time with Peter Vermees, still the coach, obviously. And all these guys that have come and gone, the players. I remember I was the first person to get to interview Johnny Russell. Like he had flown in the day before and played in a friendly against Phoenix rising. USL champions, by the way. Yep. And I got to talk to him like right on the field, right after he put in his first 45 minute shift. And I was like, I'm in love with this. And this access is incredible that you get because, you know, MLS is still growing, right? It's not quite there for some of these other big American sports, but I think it might have passed hockey. Maybe. I don't know. We can make that argument. And uh, you, that, I don't know. I just being so close to the action and you, you know, preseason, there's not a lot of people there. So you can hear everything up close and personal. And I started to kind of understand the game a lot better because the last time I played, 
I was a center back. I'm, I'm kind of a tall dude. It probably doesn't come across on this camera feed, but and I can remember my coach telling me, you need to go like to the midline. I was like, that midline, that's so far. Those players are so fast. I'll never make it back. They'll run right past me. And just to like start to understand the tactics as an adult, I, I can see it so much better. And I wish I could get my kid to see it, but you know, she'll get there maybe someday. Uh, go ahead, Zach. Did you had something? No, I just, you, you made a statement about the league growing. And, and one of the things that actually Jared and I were talking about recently was just that the rise of youth soccer and the decline of the other football. And I'm curious, you've got a daughter who's 11, you're in, ingrained in the culture out in KC. Are you seeing a, a surge of youth players and youth clubs in Kansas City as well? We're seeing it here, obviously, in St. Louis, but I'm just curious on the other side of the state, are you seeing more interest in the game? And what do you think is fueling that? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been told, and I don't know if this is true, that the club setup she belongs to this, I mean, what it's called, Heartland, I want to say. Uh, she's in like the seventh tier. It's got promotion and relegation. It's kind of wild. Is the biggest youth setup in the country. And it's massive. When we go to these games, there's so many fields and there's you have to go to all these different complexes. We're driving all over the city to go. I've always kind of wondered, though, because youth soccer always seems popular to me, right? Like everybody I know grew up playing soccer at some point. They may have quit earlier in the process than others, but I don't know if the club uh, depth was there. And obviously these MLS academies are only like a decade old. They're nothing compared to the age of like, you know, us and when we were playing soccer when we were kids, but it never seems to translate from youth soccer to the professional levels. And it, obviously it's more prevalent lately. You're seeing all these Americans going abroad. And I think that the MLS academies deserve a lot of credit for pouring a lot of money into it because they haven't really got a huge return on their investment. Some of these players have been sold for big bucks, but a lot of the guys just, you know, they play academy soccer, they end up in college, and then maybe their their dreams kind of end right there. Um, so I'm not sure what that disconnect is between so many people playing at youth levels versus you know, being into it as adults. But hopefully that access will help too. Like your, your kids are going to grow up having watched soccer versus I just really wasn't. Well, so let me, let's get right into the weeds a little bit about some of the uh, fundamental issues that our two cities had early in the season, uh, stemming around cease and desist gate and, uh, <laughs> et cetera, you know, because it's kind of like, I'm hearing you say this and, you know, and, and, and I'm, and I'm immediately drawn to, uh, uh, precedents and culture and history and things like that, you know, where, you know, yes, youth soccer has existed in, in, in the Casey area for a long, long time. Um, but in your own words, you know, because part of this debate, part of this, uh, really this uh, hostility between the two camps was really stemming. I think there were two different arguments going on. The one argument from this side of the state was based more upon, uh, history and pedigree and and culture and you know you know from a quote soccer capital you know how did that stem where did it come from I'm just going to simply ask you as a Kansas City soccer fan yeah I, I would consider you probably an uber fan you you know uh, given everything that we've already discussed how would you define Kansas City from a historical relevance standpoint? to the game beyond just SKC or the Wizards? 
you know, I'm probably not the best person to ask that question because I don't know that I was paying close enough attention back then. I mean, I remember the Wizards coming into existence, or the Wiz for one season before they were the Wizards. And then, I again, not quite on the radar. The age, I'd have been like in middle school, I think probably when they launched, 96. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I, I wasn't paying hyper close attention. And I've done a lot more looking back on it as an adult. I, I remember reading a story and I was trying to find it because, you know, the St. Louis people in my mentions is always a good time on Twitter. Uh, but they were... I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know anything shade, about that. No, no, you've never done that? Okay, good to know. <laughs> uh, but they were throwing shade. And then I found this story that I had read it a long time ago and I can't re-find it where it was saying how St. Louis was offered a 1996 team because you all do have all that history, right? All those <clears throat> players that were on those old open cup winning teams and part of the world cup. And, you know, it was like a, a lot of St. Louis players and they're still very prevalent, right? The, the Scott Gallery Academy is kind of famous. I think people well beyond Missouri are probably aware of its existence. And I can't find the article, but essentially no one in St. Louis, no owner would invest in a team. So we kind of got one by default to fill a, a well, gap in we the middle had, of the country. Yeah. In the Hunt family. Yeah. I, I think to to put a point on it, we had a Stan Kroenke here yeah. who oh, had already what a guy. kind of tried to invest in the Colorado market with the Rapids. So there's no way he was going to put a competitive product here while he was here. And so realistically, until he was gone, we weren't getting a team. Yeah, and there was a lot of leverage because of the Rams at the same time. <clears throat> um, we we knew that the the it, it requires a certain corporate landscape, and you and you have to have those billionaires. I mean, let's just call yeah. it what it is. You got to have now them, for sure. Yeah, back you know, then not necessarily I would say, but definitely now. Yeah, because you're well, not get a team if you're not a billionaire. You know, and I was I was kind of doing. I, I never do research, but I did research today. Um, you know, looking at '96, the value of I think the buy-in number was five million a team, um, and there were eight teams. Now a lot of the discount um, coming up to that point was really subsidized by the '94 World Cup because the World Cup uh, was it, part of the package was the promise of a professional league to follow the '94 U.S. World Cup. So, you know, and, you know, and here's where I'll give Kansas City credit. Uh, one man, Lamar Hunt, he he at least had the the foresight and the energy and, and the checkbook to mo to move that forward. Um, but my question is, I, I, I'm going to stay in this realm. OK, so you're middle school in 96. You're growing up through the early years and the progression. And you guys win, <clears throat> excuse me, win the cup in 2000, I believe, is the first first yeah. one. There's 12 teams in the league. Um, you win again in 2013, where there's uh, 19 teams in the league. You know, so it, but basically in thirds up to this point, because you know, starting next year we've got 30 teams or wh whatever year San Diego right, comes 2025, in. 2025, yeah. <clears throat> um, where just define. Kansas City soccer now within the league from a national standpoint, do you, do you view it as a pinnacle team, as a pinnacle city, as a North Star when it comes to U.S. soccer? And if so, why? Um, what are the factors in your opinion? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that 
we're one of the smallest markets in the whole league still to this day, even though we're one of the original 10 teams back in the day, it's kind of weird that a quote unquote smaller city got that. And you're right. Look, you know, the hunt family probably had a huge role in that. I know at one point, like three owners owned all 10 or however many teams there were when they had expanded, contracted, et cetera. But I, I don't know. I don't think the league views Kansas city that way. We always feel like we're that redheaded stepchild in the middle of the country that they're ignoring. I don't know if you all feel like, flyover country is sometimes referred to if all the national media really seems to focus on your LA's and your New York's and now Miami and even teams like Seattle are kind of I'd say a higher profile but there's something that can't be ignored about the influence Kansas City has had on a lot of these teams uh Cincinnati Orlando Austin they all came through and chill you know toured Children's Mercy Park to get, figure out how do we want to do this and and because of that, I think they kind of have better stadiums because, you know, ours has been open since what, 2009 or something like that. So it's been a while. And, you know, it's crazy how fast stadiums get old. And, you know, it's going to be a bit probably before we get a new one or, you know, get wild upgrades to ours. But I still think there's something about Kansas City always hangs around. We had a little bit of a down year. And, I, and man, this year I was very nervous. I was like, this is the worst year for Kansas City to be bad at soccer with St. Louis coming into the league <laughs> because – it's all I'm going to hear about. And then, you know, obviously things worked out okay for us in the end. Thank goodness for that playoff expansion, right? That's it. I don't think the playoffs should have 18 teams. That's insane. Thank you. I agree. I, uh, I've railed on this show before I, the three game series and the spread out. I just hate it. Well, well, it goes back to, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier where you look at European soccer from a, you know, from a really kind of high level, not getting into the weeds, et cetera. <clears throat> but simplistically speaking, you know, when you look at these other leagues that our kids idolize, that that we want to emulate from a, uh, a player production, quality of play, uh, television contracts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, you know, it seems like MLS is kind of, well, let's, you know, yeah, that, 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 uh, uh, league, you know, lack of a playoff model or a supporter shield, right. You know, win the cup. Yeah, that's cool and all, but let's sell more tickets. In fact, let's sell a lot more tickets and add games. Do you feel that it's helping or hurting the league? Yeah, that's a good one. I, gosh, I, I don't, the playoff format's so weird. It's an odd one. I, I feel like you want to see the best teams play each other in a three-game series if you're gonna have a three-game series not necessarily first rounds there you'll see a lot the longer y'all and i don't know how close you were following the league before st louis gets in i wouldn't blame you if you weren't paying hyper close attention but they always change the format the ch format changes every few years this is just kind of what we go through in the playoffs and this is clearly a money grab for apple to get their games they wanted a certain amount of games in the package so we know that that's why there's the weird wild card and the three game series and then then we're back to single elimination which has worked great all these past years no reason to go away from it uh, as far as like comparing mls to these other leagues around the world though i don't know that we're ever going to get to a point where we have like a full like a regular season champion meaning the same thing because it can't you don't have a balanced schedule you can't play every team you can't play every team home and away for sure because there's so many teams. Uh, Peter Vermees, our coach, he was talking about a few years ago in an interview about, hey, is expansion out of control? And he's like, I love it. I'm all for it. And he was talking about the league going to 40 teams. And I think if it got to 40, they could maybe do some interesting things like split it in half and you just play your conference home and away the whole way through and you got like an actual champion on each side that might play each other or 
maybe you build promotion relegation or something in that between these all these teams that are coming together. I don't know, but when you're getting five hundred million dollars in expansion fees, it's they're just chasing money. I I can't. I'm not. I get it. I don't love it, but I get it. Go ahead, Zach. So I'm gonna kind of shift this up a little bit and talk more about Kansas City in general, because obviously from a sporting standpoint, I should say from a sport standpoint, not sporting specific, <laughs> you guys have been in the limelight <clears throat> in particular because of one interesting couple, which is Taylor and Travis. So I'm curious. Tay Tay. Yeah. Tay Tay, you have an 11-year-old daughter. We are thoroughly, we're positive you know what we're talking about. So I'm, this is a weird setup, but you mentioned Messi earlier, or you mentioned Miami. Messi brings a certain element to the games and a certain, um, celebrity aspect. Do you think that the MLS needs that to keep relevancy and to keep promoting things? I don't know if needs is the right word, but it's sure not going to hurt to bring eyeballs. So like when David Beckham came, the original designated player, the guy behind the rule, right? It wasn't a hit immediately. Like it drew eyeballs, but it took a while for the galaxy to make that work and figure out how to win all those titles that they went on to win. But I, I think it just brings more eyes. And people were mad because Messi's getting a cut of jersey sales and a cut of uh, the Apple TV subscriptions and all this stuff. And I, I don't, I'm not upset about it. Like, it's cool that the best player in the world, or, you know, you can have that argument if you want, uh, is in America and is playing in MLS. That's kind of wild. He won the Ballon d'Or. That's crazy. An MLS player before all these other leagues around the world. You know, maybe we hacked it a little bit, half season of French League, but whatever, we're counting it, we're claiming it. And I think it's pretty interesting to see more people just being exposed to MLS. And a, a really big part, and we kind of going back to something we talked about earlier, is like selling players abroad or developing young players and sending them overseas. It's just going to bring more eyes. People are definitely already paying more attention to MLS because of the successes of some of these young guys that have gone overseas. And Messi's just going to bring more eyeballs, not just hardcore folks like us but then you're going to have more casual people paying attention i mean you remember all the the madness you can't even go to the mls website without messi taking it over like the playoffs had started and he was still covering the homepage, and they weren't in the playoffs so it, it brings attention it, it gets clicks you know and that's their their after after that attention after that money i i don't know that you need it but i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing and then i think it's even more satisfying if a team can can beat them i was glad to see them not sneak their way into the playoffs with nine teams in the Eastern Conference and go on a run because they may have been capable of pulling it off. You know, they obviously won the yeah. League's Cup, which was quite impressive considering those guys had just arrived. They have added so many players in such a tight window. So let's let's talk about your team in particular. Um, and, and I want to frame it in the broader uh, kind of mission, the 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 the, the, the league strategy moving forward from a standpoint of uh, new teams, they want them in urban marketplaces. They want more of the community culture integrated into the total package from food to music to the just the overall experience. experience uh, you know, like community demographics, like here in St. Louis, we have a massive uh, Bosnian population that was brought into a lot of the conversations, etc. Uh, you guys are an original team. Uh, you've been in the location you've been in for close to 14, 15 years, whatever it is. 
um, and a lot of things that occur out there are not in line with what the league is doing moving forward. Uh, how do you guys as fans, you know, because a lot of, you know, uh, I have to assume that uh, your supporter section is not filled with a ton of people that are living out in the burbs uh, that are more urbanites. Um, you know, what do you think your team needs to do to kind of bridge the gap between the current uh, the vision and activations that the league is implementing? You know, like us here in St. Louis, we're we're under the shadow of the arch on purpose. Um, what do you guys need to do to make it a little bit more uh, uh, cooler from an urban standpoint? Uh, because, you know, we love taking pot shots at the parking lot. And everything else. Furniture Mart. Yeah, yeah. What, what? Yeah, you think Messi will shop there after he comes and plays <laughs> next year? Maybe he he wants those boneless baby back ribs right around the corner, right? Yeah. So that that's another one. I'm not really sure if it's like a one size fits all situation around MLS. I do know they want it to be in the core. Like I can, you all have a background right now of your stadium there, right in the heart of everything. There's all these buildings around it, and like you said, in the shadow of the arch, but. It is, it's a little weird, right? It's way out in the burbs. It's next to a racetrack and a shopping mall and kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bizarre, but we're not getting a new stadium anytime soon and winning fixes everything. Y'all saw us on a, a down year. Attendance wasn't a sellout. We had something like 100 straight plus games that were a sellout at one point. And then in 2019, when we missed the playoffs for the first time in a decade, it started slipping. There's more teams. There's more competition. If you're not perfect, somebody's going to come up and knock you off. But when they win, as you saw in the playoffs, not to, to rub that in, but people show up and they, they'll sell out that stadium and they'll fill it up and it'll be rowdy. And if you go back even just a few years and you look at those like anonymous player surveys that they do talking about all different questions about the leagues, one of the questions they would always ask is, where do you hate to go play? And all the time, people would say Kansas City. It'd be like Kansas City and Portland. And this is obviously before St. Louis and Austin and had, had come into the league, right? And they, you guys have great atmosphere. I, nothing, uh, no shade thrown your way in that regard. What I'll be interested to see with like a St. Louis is, does it maintain? It's exciting. It's shiny. It's new. And y'all did great. What if you have a down year? Will it still be a sellout? Will it still be raucous? Like it, like Atlanta and Austin, they've done a good job of still putting a lot of people in the stands, even when they're not doing great. So I think it probably can maintain, but that's the real test. And long-term, hopefully Kansas City gets a stadium downtown, but they're dealing with the Royals right now. The KC Current are getting their downtown stadium. That's going to open next year. So we'll see how those two things play out. And then, you know, sporting should maybe be up next. Go ahead. No, I I, I I love Jared. Do you have a question? I, he he brought the KC Current up, and you, you're a, you're a follower, or you 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 cover the KC Current. Um, Alex Pfeiffer, um, the 15 year old from St. Louis. Um, what's the buzz around that signing? Um, what's going on in KC? The scuttlebug of, of bringing a 15 year old St. Louis kid in. Yeah, you know, having just happened a few weeks ago and, you know, there's been no more games, right? The season's over. So I haven't been around a lot of folks that are talking about it. I, I would hope that expectations are low. She's 15. Even think of like Olivia Moultrie. She got signed at 15 and it took her a few years to get going. So kind of the one thing I always think about when I go cover like our U19s or our U17 teams and they're playing for sporting is you don't want to put a lot of pressure on these kids because they are still kids. They're still developing. They're still growing. 
I'm excited. I love, I'm always rooting for the young players and I'm always a little annoyed with Peter Vries that he tends to not play the young players. So I'll be interested to see how Vlatko handles having a, a young player like that on his team. Does she get onto the field? You know, is she just learning and sitting in the background? I actually downloaded Gerald's podcast where you interviewed her and I haven't had a chance to listen to it before this started. So yeah, she's uh, the soccer moms, right? Yeah. So she's, I mean, I'll tell you right now, she's an ace. Uh, we've, we've had the privilege because our boys came up through the Scott Gallagher program. Uh, and whenever they were um, a little bit before they made the transition over to City SC Academy, uh, they would they would train and the club was really good at, at pulling out the you know the one two three uh, you know hammers on on the women's side and they would they would train them over with the men and she, Alex had been with the boys what uh, at least a whole spring yeah the one spring she's the real deal like and but when you hear her talk um, she, her the things she attributes to her. Uh, success to date, her 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 motivation and goals. It's all mental. It's really an incredible story, which brings me to a question. Um, you know, because you've talked about how you're you've covered and you cover the academy there as well. How do you do that? Like, how what's your process in in covering an academy? Um, do you work with the team? Are they feeding you? Hey, here's our prospects. Or do you have to do it purely from, you know, you're hunting it all out yourself. And what do you see as a rider, as as somebody that has an 11 year old daughter? You, you don't you don't have like a vested interest in these kids. How do you make that connectivity? And what's your focus when you cover cover academy in that way? Yeah, I, I try to not put too much pressure on them. Like I said, we we tend to not write about them as much as just go out and watch them and have eyes on them and see who's maybe the next person to look at that could get a homegrown deal or could end up on Sporting KC2 and we could see them in MLS Next Pro. But we don't tend to like cover them too much because we did a little bit a few years back. So we used to be before the KC Soccer Journal. You, you all probably know SB Nation. They had all these soccer sites, and we were the yep. blue tech, if you've heard that name before. And uh, SB Nation fired almost all their soccer writers back in March of this year, so we had to branch out and do our own thing. But when we, we would cover them a little bit back then, but then some of these players, it's like the pressure is too much. There's some people that looked incredibly promising, and they quit soccer before they even got out of the academy age, just up and quit when they were very talented. So... When we talk to the PR, they, they kind of encourage us not to don't don't say their names too much. Don't don't be super critical of them. And I'm I'm down with that. I don't want to put a lot of weight on a kid's shoulder. There's like a lot of ranking sites and things out there that'll rank the the top prospects at every age level. And I like to highlight if oh hey a couple sporting players are on here that's exciting. Maybe we'll see them with the national team or the, you know, the youth, like the U 17 world cups going on right now. I've been keeping an eye on that. No sporting players on there, by the way, because we are not developing (laughs) (laughs) developing our young players uh, like we once were. And that is a, that is a problem. Like we, we just got a new Academy director, maybe like a year and a half ago. So I'm looking forward to see, you know, kind of what changes he makes and how it evolves, but we've been a little stagnant. We haven't signed homegrowns in a couple of years and Jake Davis kind of emerged and exploded this year, but, I don't want to give Peter Vermees too much credit for that because he only got on the field because Zussi was hurt. Caden Pierre was hurt. He tried Kyrie Shelton at right back. He tried uh, Cam Duke at right back. None of them worked. So he finally just kind of, Jake Davis just stole it for himself when he was finally given a chance. So it's a, it's a problem. We were Academy of the Year a few years ago and 
we've fallen off from that for sure. It's a concern. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a good point. And it's, it's such an interesting topic that we bring up a lot on this show and just personally because <clears throat> with the MLS academies, most of them have, or all of them have a U15 and a U17. Some have a U19 and some have a U16. I'm just curious, you know, you've been covering this for a while. Do you see trends in those areas with the other academies? Meaning, do you think it's going to be a situation where most academies go to a 15, 17, 19 and just completely ignore the 16s? Or do you see other trends? And I'm not expecting you to be a national expert. I'm just curious what your your, your thoughts are there. Yeah, I'm definitely not an actual expert. I won't even try to claim that. I'm very KC-centric in, in all things I know, other than just the, the biggest stuff you can't avoid going on out there. Uh, I've talked to Peter Vermees, and he's talked about wanting to have the academy go much lower in ages so they can get a hold of players at a younger age. Something I've kind of noticed in American soccer on a broad scope is I don't know how much some of these coaches are developing players. I think there are some exceptional coaches out there that are doing a fantastic job. But then there's a lot where I'm not sure that they're learning much. Even Sporting KC, they like to take credit for Jean-Luc Abuzio, who we had a few years ago and sold off to Venezia for like 10 million bucks. But we just snagged him as a, he was a prodigy out of North Carolina before Charlotte had a team. We got a few guys that we got. Jake Davis is out of territory. He's from Michigan. There, We've gotten some guys from Tennessee before you know Nashville SC existed. So we're doing a little bit more coaching than developing, which is kind of a concern. They've turned over almost the entire coaching staff at the youth level. So hopefully they're fixing that problem. But I, I have a very KC-centric approach, and a lot of us will talk about they have all been grown on like English soccer coaches training them. And a lot of English soccer is just like be big and tall and be strong and, and muscle people around and play the ball long. And, but the, that's not how our Academy plays. They're trying to be very technical. And I, I don't know. I will, we'll see how they, how we develop, but yeah, I think you brought up something we're not doing it. Other teams will get ahead of us. Yeah. Very sure. interesting, which is, you know, we've, we, we've all referenced Gallagher here a couple times, even you yourself, Chad, that yeah. those youth academies and youth clubs that do develop on the technical level have been thriving in St. Louis for quite some time and other, yeah. other markets as well. Yeah. And let me, let me actually, yeah, I know where you're going with this and I have a list I've been oh. waiting. Here's a perfect segue. I love it. So, like I said, I never do research. <laughs> but today twice in one episode what's happening well you but what you were just saying was kind of like in in those you know incredible wastes of time of debating on twitter all the time you spent a little bit of time. And, then, and that's on me you, you know i i tend to look i gave you guys your credit in the playoffs casey was the better team period um they figured out our style of play, firing on all cylinders. You know, you, um, uh, your left back who the went Logan down. Logan Denbay. Um, that guy's he was, awesome. so bad. He was so the best. He was the best player on the field both games. Um, and we'll address your your comment about how well he was injured and you guys are booing him. Well, yeah, he, fair, fair he still paid, he played <laughs> for forty minutes at full pace. So. Uh, but you were just talking about how you were more poachers than developers. And we've mentioned Scott Gallagher a few times on this on this episode already. Uh, it, back in the day, uh, Scott Gallagher, what, p 
pre the current iteration, there was Bush Soccer Club. There was, you know, a number of clubs that have since they're all the same now. But I'm going to just read through some names that either played with the club and or participate with the club um, that all are from St. Louis and or, you know, in the shadow of the arch. We have, uh, um, well, pre Mike Sorber, Steve Trichu, Taylor Twelman, Brad Davis, Steve Ralston, Chris Klein, Pat Noonan, Will Bruin, Tom Barlow, uh, over the pond, same club though, Tim Ream, Josh Sargent, coming back this way, uh, we have Jack Maher, Joe Willis, Patrick Schulte, and then on the female side, uh, they now most of these girls played with, uh, uh, what club were they? they were, JB J- Marine. JB Marine. Yeah. Uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, Lori Kolopny, and then Alex Pfeiffer with Gallagher. So this this is this is I'm I'm really curious your take because you knew probably ninety nine percent of the names I just read off. Yeah, they are not only legends, you know, uh, within MLS and or abroad, but they're also national team. But they're all from our neighborhoods. Born like, and raised. Born and raised here. So, yeah. and our next wave, the Caden Glovers of the world, the Tyson Pierces, the Mackay Joiners that are in our academy all coming from the same pedigree, the same pipeline. So from a rivalry standpoint, can someone like yourself, when you, when you think about it in terms of history and pedigree and development, because you mentioned the word development in particular, is, is there a little bit of respect that's going to come here on the east side of the state, <laughs> given a list like that? <laughs> because I... Attend- yeah, I mean- I, I attempted to do the same thing on the other side. I'm like, okay. I typed in the same Google keyword, and I got Matt Matt Be- Beasler, and, and then and I'm sure there's other names that I missed, but it's hard to find them. Just Beasler, huh? That's all we got. <laughs> that are from Kansas City proper, Kansas City burbs, local that have been relevant at league level, U.S. national team level, and or beyond. And, and again, I know I miss names. But it's the same Google search, and it wasn't easy. And we follow soccer. We've we've all played it our whole lives, so we're we're familiar with the 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 New Jersey names, the Harks, the Miolas, et cetera, et cetera, the OGs. We would know, and I don't know. So, what's your take on that? Like, how does it make you feel when you hear that comparison, in terms of or in the in framing it via the rivalry? So I, I will give you respect. I'm not going to throw shade and act like, you know, St. Louis doesn't have any soccer history at all. I, I know our banner, our TIFO for the first game was just the number 96 and giant numbers to kind of go, you know, we've been here the whole time, y'all. Where, where were you all at? You, you made your point, Cronky, and blame him. So right. I am not the person to ask about history in terms of all these guys that developed um, a good a good follow for y'all. I always tell people if you only follow one Kansas City person, I'd love for it to be me at Play for Ninety on Twitter, by the way. Uh, but you I should follow. really follow. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you should follow at Down the Byline Mike Coon. I don't know if you know that name, but he we call him Mikeopedia because he knows everything about everything when it's Kansas City related, and he's just so he's got spreadsheets and he's in the weeds and he would have been able to reel off 10 names right off the top of his head. Like, and I, and I, I got nothing. Uh, Seth Sinovic. I don't know if y'all remember old Seth Sinovic. We no. were calling. No. Uh, 
Sport, sporting. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, not he, he was on look, the in all fairness, he's a hard he, worker. In all fairness, he could have been my neighbor, and I would have said no. Micopedia. I would. I want to take that bet. I don't know that Micopedia has ten names. You think he does? Clearly I bet you think he does. Now, you might not agree that they're as elite <laughs> as the 10 that you all came up with for years. No, my number, my number yeah. was 30. That wasn't 10. No. Oh, okay. My apologies. We were just, yeah, I was throwing out a number. No, no. I, but, but I mean, it, but that's part of like, you know, we talk about, and I want to lean into the rivalry conversation, the, the debate yeah. as to how this all played out. Because we knew going into and, and and I'm full transparency and these guys will concur they knew that coming into this I was I was bummed that we were in the western conference because for me the natural mm. rivalry isn't Kansas it's Chicago um, Kansas the city come on <laughs> well you're come on the on. you're on the Missouri side right you're one, the, you're one is, of us yes. he is you're Kansas. one of us <laughs> I, I grew up with a, a distaste for the state of Kansas too so I understand your feeling and maybe it goes back to KU MU stuff like that well it's it's but it's now- it's on purpose Chad because we know that most people who live in Kansas City on the Missouri side have that same distaste yeah and so when your stadium is located in that state, and you call yourself Sporting KC, we are going to absolutely do whatever we can to <laughs> it's, call it's a little out bit the of low hanging fruit that your team is oh, in I, Kansas. That's the only reason. It's not a, there's no, I get it. I get, <laughs> I get that it's banter. Like I'm not, oh, yeah, really absolutely. I think what it, what it comes back to is like the rest of the world doesn't understand that Kansas City is a city. They think it's like a Manchester City situation where we've just yeah. kind of like you all just threw the name city on the end of our our team name. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, which I thought was like, why? Why would you call yourself St. Louis City when it's Kansas City across the state? I would have if I was uh the Illigs, the owners well, of our team, I'd have pushed well, back we, and said, No, I don't so, want them called that. That's ridiculous. So they we, we I mean, St. Louis SC. <laughs> see, within the St. Louis marketplace, we have a theory. We've joked about it. The the reason we believe off the record, and actually we're we're gonna be able to ask the individual in a couple of weeks here, uh, why St. Louis City. St. Louis is infamously known for its city county split. It's one of the us and Baltimore, I believe, are the last two bastions of uh, keeping their county and the city split, which leads to a whole other bag of worms. But, uh, you know, when the team was in downtown, funded by a, a true St. Louis family, you know, the, you know, the enterprise and worldwide tech groups, the families that run that own those, you know, they were like, this is our baby. It's in a city. And the city was also like, this is not St. Louis County SC. This is city SC. So it really, in our, our opinion was, it was more baked, you know, uh, on the inside here. Um, but, but I want to, I want I want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> rivalries and what we, you yeah. saw on this first year, because, you know, we've already addressed and touched on a little bit of the pedigree, the history, you know, the clubs, you know, w- w- what's happened here. And, and, I'm not going to be a nerd and go beyond back uh, past the 80s, 90s and talk about the 50 World Cup and all the U.S. Open Cups. I mean, that's just those are all just statistics that add to the historical relevance. Um, but what I found really funny was the 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 the, the fans from the, the West Side um, kind of coming at St. Louis Twitter army. And trying to make it about, 
you don't know the game. You don't know professional sports. You don't understand that there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows, kind of alluding to thinking that we were a true just expansion team. Oh, we were just introduced to soccer yesterday, and now we have a you know, 22-4 stadium that, oh, my God, yeah, let's figure it out. How do tickets work? You know, seat geek, et cetera. Um, y- you know, it's – and we did what we did, you know, and there's a lot of, like, soccer conversation that can go into uh, the Red Bull style. And, you know, we're, we don't have a designated player. We have a designated team. Well, you know, that's a safe way of saying we just spent $700 million on this investment. Let's Let's take it easy on our payroll, you know. So – we did what we did, and all the crosshairs kept on lining up with you guys. Um, were you surprised when we started making that run? Uh, were you pay, were you hyper focusing on us as an MLS fan, as a Sporting KC fan, when you saw the trajectory out of the pipe? What it what, what were you thinking when that was playing out? When you saw your team score three goals in sixty days or whatever it was, you know. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a good start. Game. It was brutal. <laughs> so I will tell you, I was in the minority, and I don't know if you, I think you told me that you read that article that I put out. I think it was today yeah. on the KC Soccer Journal. I, sometimes I write stuff days ago, and then they set to publish on other days, so I can never remember. Yeah, I but found the timing. I, I, put in this, I found the timing ironic on the day of our recording. That you, <laughs> <laughs> hype it up a little bit. Right? There we go. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry oh, I interrupted. But I, I put out this tweet on February 25th, 25th, so like right as the season's about to start, saying, hey, I don't think St. Louis is going to be as bad as everyone's predicting. I think they have a system and a style of play, like the Red Bulls, that's tough to play against. It's tough to handle. That said, I did not expect y'all to reel off five straight wins. I did not expect you to win the Western Conference. And I think, I think it'd be disingenuous if probably most people from st louis even expected that right that was oh, yeah. an incredible yes. start Agreed. and an incredible Agreed. first season so yeah uh, but uh, i don't even remember exactly what the question was now but as far as the <laughs> the rivalry there with this I, yeah i don't think i thought they'd be as bad as everybody like all the pundits all you guys are uh, you got your laminators out right and put up that big list from mlssoccer.com of everybody predicting you to finish 13th or 14th and Obviously, that did not happen. Four or five, um, excuse me, four or five of them called us FC St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they even got the name wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they called us by our, our USL former team name. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Is it, that's a good, I have a question for you all then. Yeah. So when that team got dissolved, were you were you sad at all that the, like, the, the I, heritage of that team I, in the USL didn't get to carry forward? I was because I was a season ticket holder and... It was such a cool experience from a fan standpoint to go to Soccer Park, which if you haven't been to Soccer Park, that's where Scott Gallagher is. That's their home. And they have their stadium field. It's a great atmosphere. The Luligans started, uh, not started, actually. That was the third, I think, iteration of the Luligans was at STLFC. Right. But we would tailgate, and it was just a really great atmosphere. So I was sad that we didn't have professional soccer in St. Louis for three years. And I was hopeful that the ownership group could have kept them going, but COVID did a number. And I think our ownership group yeah. was a nonprofit. And so it was a, 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 they couldn't sustain it. But yeah, I was sad. No, and, and a big chunk of the ownership group was also knee deep in the conversations that were, that were part of the bid for our MLS team. 
So, um, I, I, you know, the thing is like you, you mentioned, uh, when St. Louis has a down year, if people are still going to support it, I, I, I think that we are kind of a unique marketplace. Number one, the, the ownership group was smart. It's a very manageable stadium. 22, four, um, is, is a good number and given our population, cause our, our MSA is about 2.3 to 2.4 million people. Um, and our soccer population, active soccer population, is off the charts. So <clears throat> I don't think the interest level is going to go down. I think what it is is as we develop, you know, because we were the second lowest payroll in the league. So I think it was uh, uh, Mont- Montreal was bottom. Mm. It was a Canadian team. Uh, um, no, yeah, Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. I, I believe. And then, you, right. you know, buy quite a bit. So, you know, we have... We're going to spend money. We're going to learn um, the, the the Red Bull style. You know, we said it on this show. Um, we didn't think it was sustainable, and it kind of proved itself out in the playoffs. Um, but we'll adjust. We're not worried about that. I, I'm looking forward to um, what will happen when <clears throat> San Diego does join the league. Um, there's going to need to be a realignment. And if you look at yeah. it geographically, we're the ones on the far east so what do you think happens then if we move to the east you know your people better than than anybody uh are you gonna miss us are you gonna just (laughs) circle that date once every two years uh would you prefer to see us stay in and austin go east or something like that dallas yeah dallas too what 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 do you think about the realignment I think if you're going to move a team, you don't move St. Louis just because of this like budding rivalry with Kansas City. How fun were all those games? How rowdy were all those games? How much do people care? Like going back to your whole the whole Twitter thing, people losing their dang minds on the Internet. Right. So it, it was it was fun. I thought it was a good time. And there seems to be some sort of like rivalry between Kansas City and St. Louis as cities and just not growing up in either city. I I don't have my roots in it and I don't care. Like I, I have another guy on our website and you may all, you may, you may have read the recaps of your games. He despises St. Louis. He's like, I will not set foot in St. Louis. And I, I think it's so silly. I visited there last year with good times. It's a nice city. I've got nothing against St. Louis. So, uh, but I think they need to stay in the same conference. So if you're going to move somebody, I think Minnesota might be your best bet. Cause they're, not too far geographically, and they're not really sporting's rival, or even though the MLS tried for years to make them our rival, <laughs> and move them over because you keep all the Texas teams together. Yep, they have the Texas teams ain't moving. Yeah. yeah. So let me yeah, ask you exactly. this: uh, uh, in all seriousness, we've been talking about soccer the whole time. You're a Sedalia guy. You're a transplant in Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> How would Do you, who's whose barbecue is better? <laughs> Oh, I mean, you guys can't even be serious about this, right? It's Kansas City. It's not even close. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, the power yeah. of post-production. Man. We'll, we'll fix that. <laughs> I actually, Chad, Chad, I actually asked uh, ChatGPT who had the best barbecue, oh, okay. Kansas City or St. Louis. And, and it said Memphis? No, it actually said <laughs> it really is just dependent on the person's preference. And it gave like a, a description of... Like if they like flavor? No, it said something about uh, you want Casey. ribs, then you probably should go to St. Louis. Yeah, it said for for St. Louis, you go pork ribs. For brisket, you go KC, and then it comes yeah. down to preference. But both cities have had success in commercial 
barbecue uh, competitions. Applications. Yeah, so like it actually kind of split the hair and said, I mean, it kind of depends. It's like red wine or white wine. I don't know how you'd say which one's better. It depends just, on what's on your plate. Exactly. So I, 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 the only reason I don't want St. Louis to be in the Western Conference is we had a 9.25 p.m. <laughs> yeah. start time. Oh, yeah. um, and it you. was 33 degrees and raining. Um, so, you know, a 6 p.m. sounds a hell of a lot better. Um, but I, I, I guess my final question, I know we're, we're getting to the point to wrap this up, but first of all, I wanted to say thank you for coming into the lion's den a little bit, you know. Oh, we were polite. We were very polite. Yeah, you're gentlemen. Is it, gentlemen. I, I haven't talked, that's why. Well, you, that's, <laughs> that's been on purpose. Have you uh, met our court jester? <laughs> yeah. No, I but I... I he's drinking a beer. I thought he's having a good time back there, you know. <laughs> I'm actually watching the Missouri State uh, NCAA game. Yeah, we both went to Missouri State. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I actually went to Missouri State, too. That's hilarious. I root for Mizzou, but I went to Missouri State. Missouri oh. State's up 1-0 against Omaha right now. Yeah, so... I, there you go. We went to Missouri State, um, and obviously have a lot of friends from Kansas City and St. Louis that that went to Missouri State. But I, I guess my big question for you, Chad, is realistically, this is good for the MLS, right? I mean, I think your comment That's about absolutely. keeping St. Louis in the West is spot on in that this rivalry is good for us. It's good for the league. Um, and so what do you think the future looks like for that rivalry. I mean, I, I lived in Warrensburg, Missouri for five years, so not too far from Sedalia. And I would go to Kansas city Royals games for $7 and pay more to park (laughs) than pay to get into the games. 20 bucks to park. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So as, as the, the the fans fluctuate, what do you, what do you look like five years down the road with, with sporting and, and, and city? I hope this is one of the premier premier rivalries of the league. What a start. Like, obviously, y'all will have it forever that you beat the tar out of us for nothing in the very first game. And then we get to say, hey, we won the season series and the the first playoff (laughs) meeting between the teams. We'll have our our bragging rights. But I think it's good for everybody. It's good for the league. It's good for both cities. It's I don't know. It's something about being able to go into the road stadium, too. It's it's fun to be on the road. And y'all showed up. I'm glad that more blue people bought some tickets on that that home playoff game because there was a lot of red on the first home game in history. And, you know, we were struggling at that time, so it kind of made sense. People are a little disillusioned, missed the playoffs last year, missed the playoffs a couple years before that. And after not missing for a decade, you, you get used to winning. You got the Chiefs in town winning everything. You were spoiled. So yeah. people don't want to – they don't – you know, win fixes everything, like we said earlier. Yeah. I, I did want to circle back a little bit to you started to allude to Twitter and rivalries and things. And what I would tell y'all is I've I've gotten really good at just like not responding to most people on Twitter. I just make my tweets and if people are gonna be rude, I just don't reply. Yeah because Yeah, see I don't do that. <laughs> they're fanatics. You know, like that's what a fan is, right? People yeah. are crazy and, and in two hundred and forty characters, you can't be articulate, you can't have nuance. So if you tweet something that it upsets somebody. I'm just like, yeah, sorry. I have 240 characters. If I subtweet my own tweet, no one's going to read that. So it's just the, the first <laughs> well, tweet that I was, matters. I was I wondering, I was, I was wondering why I, I think his name is Zachary. Zach is here. He's one oh, of you. He comes uh, Zach yeah. is the best. Zach Cobb, yeah. Well, he doesn't create any content. He only takes, he retweets and he's, a, you know what? I appreciate his enthusiasm, but he didn't reply to my tweet that said, you are a turd. 
Uh, and I wondered why. I wonder why. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> so Zach is a character. I'll give you a little background on Zach. Um, I've, I've known Zach for a few years now. He's hardcore about it. He's a Cauldron member, you know, which is our supporter section. He used to run the Cauldron Twitter account. And it was very fun when he would run it because he would just, they would call it Cauldron After Dark and he would just get into fights with every fan base around the world. I... I think it's amusing sometimes to watch his banter, but like I could never personally partake in it. It's just, it's so disheartening at times. And it's so, <laughs> I don't like, why, why do you want to have these fights with random people on the internet? I, I don't enjoy it. What, what I think is funny and going back to something you said earlier, how we will joke with y'all that you invented soccer in the year 2023 and you invented celebrating after <laughs> you score goals and invented is our favorite uh, mock of St. Louis because not you three, obviously, and probably not the vast majority of your listeners. Well, ours is trademark. A lot of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, so uh, th- I think what it is is that there's a lot of people that are probably new to soccer. They're excited by this, and I'm, that's good, right? It's bringing more people in, but then they don't always know, and they sometimes have bad takes, and they're tweeting at us, and then we see those and that's a representation of you all not that we don't have a bunch of dummies on our side tweeting stupid stuff out too that's the internet yeah, yeah. no it's you know here's the deal uh kudos man i appreciate you uh kind of connecting you probably were like what the fuck is this guy doing you know and <laughs> oh, i don't know about i've been holding back the whole time oh yeah oh no 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 we we've we've got a statutory uh ma stamp on our show so yeah it's all good um you know, thanks. Thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, we're we're gonna do this again because obviously this this rivalry uh, it's gonna it's gonna grow. It's gonna it's it's going to uh, there's gonna be a lot of stories. Well, and you guys are gonna likely be coming down to town again, and I think you should make it a point to come over, and we'll we'll grab some beers and hang out. And um, well, we're in Kansas City all the time. Well, and with, that's the other thing. The youth. We should go over there and, and watch a match as well. So I, I want think, you know what? I tell you what. I don't want to. I, I want <laughs> <laughs> I want I want Zach. I want Zach is here on I'll and Kevin ha, Cho. Have my oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love Kevin Cho, by the way. <laughs> that motherfucker when Oh he, yeah, he's funny. He's when, hilarious. When he did that that the one video that went viral, this was back in we were in Florida. Yeah, we were the, down in Braden. Yeah, back in December last year. And he went on that the one where he was like, "Oh my God, this is worse than watching baseball." And blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I fell in love with the dude. I'm like, this is the most. And then I've I've kept up with him. I got to give him credit because he's extremely loyal to his teams, right? But he's very Critical very respectful, and respectful of any team they play. When it comes to the soccer. Well, and arguably he's on yeah. the Mount Rushmore of Kansas soccer because he was in the TST, <laughs> Already, TST, huh? which TST. is, oh, that's true. Which yeah, is was... probably maybe one of the homegrown KC soccer achievements. <laughs> <laughs> you see what he did there? <laughs> an interesting one. I, I've been telling Kevin that he's cursed because ever since he started all of his streaming, Sporting Kansas City has been bad. So I was like, you and Patrick Mahomes have cursed this team. Pat buys in, <laughs> yeah. Kevin's doing his streams, and we've been bad at soccer. But we're in the final Yeah, eight. I was going to say, you guys I are doing all right okay right now. About it. What's your, so uh, pretty, uh, real quick, we're going to ask you uh, a parting question here. How far do you go yeah. this year? I think we've won a total of two road playoff games in the entire history of our franchise. One of them happened a few weeks ago. I'm so not familiar. It, 
Yeah, oh, you hadn't heard about it? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's a tough road. I got a lot of grief at the very beginning of the season when we were bad at soccer. And I said, this is the best sporting Kansas City team I have ever seen assembled. If they can put it together and they can stay healthy, I think they can go a really long way. And then I was like, man, maybe we should fire the coach. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like it was all kind of self-destructed. I think realistically it'd be a huge upset if they made it all the way through. But I'm Houston, it's a winnable place to go to. Their yeah. fans do not show up. Speaking of a they city that's in core that does not support their team. Nope. Uh, so that's a winnable <clears throat> game. They've we have a history of beating Seattle and LAFC on the road. We we're the first ever win against LAFC in their stadium. So that's you know, it could be done. It could happen. But to do three more in a row, it's probably a bridge too far. But uh, Well, and also health. You said health. You said health. That Without Logan, who was at, uh, I mean, by all accounts, I mean, he was in fine form. Okay. As you, It's going to be tough to not have him dominating games. Somebody's really going to have to step up in his place. I don't think you have that depth. You know, what, what's interesting is uh, looking at our roster, and I know no critical thing if you don't follow the all 31 spots because we even got an extra one from season-ending injury. Left back is not the worst spot. The guy behind him makes more money than him and has a pretty good pedigree. Played in Germany, Tim Leibold. And he was playing in the second German second division, two Bundesliga. You all know all about that. Mm -hmm. He snatched a couple pretty good players from over there. Yep. And he's just been unhealthy too, though. He was been out with a groin injury, so I don't know that he's got 90 minutes in him. And he's definitely maybe more of a liability on defense, but he, he had like 19 assists one year when he was in Germany as a left back, which is pretty wild. Wow. So he is a, a, a creative force. And if he can get right and stay healthy and put in good shifts, I mean, we just got to play perfect, right? We just got to keep being as good as we can possibly be. Well, but you never know. I, I know that my two compadres don't agree, but I'm actually rooting for sporting oh. to move forward. I always root for the team that beats us. They, hate all of our rivals and just don't not me look i'm so, gonna be honest i took the field so uh yeah <laughs> but so for me good i luck. hope the bus has an exhaust leak on the way to the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm probably more in line with your two colleagues here because i know i, I, I get it. it i find it tough to root for, like no offense like i'm i'm glad that st louis is here and i'm glad this is going to be a good rivalry but I want them to lose everything. Like yeah. I want, I want you all to stop. No, I get that. So, I get it. I do. Well yeah. said. But, but I do follow that mantra of like, if we, if like Houston eliminates sporting, then I'd be like, okay, I hope Houston wins. So we can, I can exactly. say that. That's my whole point. Yeah. But, but, but no, that, that, that breaks the fun. I'm not going to put a sporting KC shirt on it. I'm just there saying. There are rules I, in rivalry. You're wearing top baby you blue. I mean, oh, pick a better <laughs> shirt, asshole. <laughs> I am. Hey, man. You need uh, a scarf? I got we, a wall. Nope. I'll, I'll send you a scarf. No. Well, I tell you what we'll do. I'll, I'll follow up with you. We'll do a little uh, back channeling here. Let's, let's continue a little bit of this home and away chatter as time progresses. Uh, we'll have to get some wagers laid down. Um, because otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah, you can't just watch the game and be like, "Yay, my team won, your team lost." We need some some skin in the game here, and we'll figure that out. Sound like I have to eat some ribs or something like that. Mm -hmm. like no, 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 no. Pro, Provel, Provel, we'll send you yeah. some uh, pub pizza. Oh, I, 
I love emos, so don't uh, even. I, don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear that Kansas City has better pizza now, too. <laughs> no, jeez. Hey, man, uh, Chad, we we get we gotta get boogieing here too. We've got uh, we got little dudes that are over there uh, training, and they'll be wrapping up, and we don't like them standing on the corner too long in the no. in the urban environment. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Chad. Hey, thanks for joining us, dude. We'll be in touch, and uh, I, I, I can't do it. I can't say good luck in the playoffs. I'll say it. Good luck. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I, I always want to be polite too, but it's it's hard. I get it. Thank all right, man. Well, enjoy enjoy the Alex episode. Check it out, yeah, uh, and uh, happy to make uh, intros there as well because they're great. The, the family's great. Yep. You know, if you want to uh, have a chat too, um, but uh, we'll we'll talk to you next time. Take care, guys. Thanks. Take care, man.